I have an announcement. Uh, <laughs> Stop starting off every single episode with this. If you didn't know, I write poetry. <laughs> I've been writing poetry for a long time. Your voice is such Not a jump long. scare sometimes. Like, there's no high hello. It's just like, <laughs> I have an announcement. Just gotta, gotta make sure people are paying attention. You know, it's my God, little hook. They no. just started um, it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome um i write poetry i've been writing poetry since high school but i've been like into writing for a long time since like since i was a little prickly boy um and who knew that you know this this like people would recognize like my poetry you know so i say that to say um new york city hey new york city our, our lovely listeners in new york city um i'm i'm a part of a uh, a poetry reading event for South Asians, um, hosted by the same people that had uh, given Mo and I the opportunity at, at our art gallery a couple months ago. Yep, um, they hit or. the boy back up. Yeah, they mm-hmm. hit the boy back up. I wonder why. I wonder why. Why? Why do you think they hit me up again? Maybe because you're a talented fella. Because I'm a talented. And not fella, only did they, they hit, hit you up, up, but you're also the headliner. Probably by the time this is out, by the time this is out, I'll probably have posted about it maybe i don't know i'll put the link to tickets and just more information in the description of this episode if you're interested in new york city if you want to hear me uh read some poetry if you want to come see my face um if you want to you know come to me and and just talk about how much you love mo you could do that too oh I'll wow like pass i'll pass on the message to her that's okay yeah um, but but New York City, um, I'm performing some poetry. I didn't even say the date. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> August, August. It's August, not August. <laughs> April 27th. April 27th is the date. You can find more information down below. Yeah. Are you excited? But oh wait, wait. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Um, I will not. Sorry be there. to. So, she's not gonna be there. Um, you want to tell them why or? Yeah, I will not be there. I wish I could have. You know, unfortunately, I'll be out of the country and he'll be in my uh, city. But, you yeah, know, we got city, one. Actually. We got one out of two co-hosts. No, but like, why aren't you going to be there? You know, I'm going to be out of the gonna country. There, you, know? you know, I'm going to be living life. No, but like, la vida. Like, like what? Like where? Like like Canada? You're going to like, yeah, Canada? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, OK. Oh, Let's just oh, say I got a layover. I got a layover in Lisbon. In Lisbon. Oh, my. Wait, that's in Europe, though. That's in Europe. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us back on our beautiful podcast, Difficult Dish. Uh, My name is Mashnoon Munir. So we're a podcast about different South Asian narratives. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's fasting. This man is really on his like... He's on his like cocky wave today where he's talking about his poetry. He's like the headliner. Yeah. And now he's introducing himself before actually introducing the podcast. You, yeah. know, um, you know, as he should be, yeah. as, as he should be. It's hard for yeah, artists it's just, out here. It's a, it's a long day. Fasting all day. It's Ramadan. Final stretch, though. Final stretch. All right. If you haven't followed us on our Instagram, follow us right now. We'll wait right one now. second. We one. are at Difficult Dish. <laughs> And if you haven't on followed Instagram. us on our TikTok, that's your problem. You're lost. So What's follow us right now. It's at Difficult Podcast. Shout out to Drake. And also on top yeah. of that, if you haven't rated us, what's wrong with you? You know, you rate know, us. you know, you're listening to. Th- we know you're not listening. So like, not rate us two. not a two, not, not a three, three not, a, not four. a four, but a five. Uh, rate us a five. A six. Give us a six. Why Give not? us a six. Make a new a whole new star. You know. Hello. So now we can actually get started into the topic of this podcast episode right so yeah we actually made an episode about this many many moons ago how to be financially literate how to be financially independent so if you do want to listen to that listen scroll down until you find it we're not really sure what episode it is but we know it was very one of those full and hearty it was very inform informational you know oh informative sorry that's the word (laughs) um so today we want to talk about why in South Asian culture, why some of us don't really grow up with, you know, the financial skills. We don't really grow up with financial literacy. We don't really know how to, you know, handle money. And then on top of that, we want to talk about what we've learned in our finance journey over the past few years, some of our mistakes, some of our accomplishments, and also how we handle our money. How do we budget? How do we save? How do we know what to spend money on? You know, so we got a little bit of everything in here. 
we're really yeah. excited to you know dive in yeah we are we talked about this a while ago and we're not in like entirely different financial situations but we've definitely grown in the last year um both of us have made mistakes that we've learned from uh both of us have just learned a lot more about money i know i have um mm-hmm. one thing about me is i've just been taking it a lot more serious in the last year um assuming we talked about this like a year ago i've been taking it a lot more serious and i did not take money serious unfortunately for a long time um as do i believe a lot of a lot of south asians because like you said we're not really taught about money especially women you know that's a whole other mm, subject. yeah but in general in general we can talk about that later but in general um we are not really given the financial conversation unless you know i i think different home backgrounds talk about it in different ways i think when you come from a wealthy family it's probably a lot more of a comfortable environment to talk about how money is obviously you know i think when you don't come from much that conversation is just harder you know because mm-hmm. it's not a happy conversation to have it's relatively a happy conversation to have when you come from a home with money but you know what i think something else on top of that even if you do come from a well-off background where your family does have money i feel like there's still sometimes not enough conversation around it because you know you can just like depend on them if you like if you don't want to get a job like you can just depend on them if you do come into a problem and they'll help you out so like a lot of people feel like they don't really need to learn about it because they have something to fall back on you know so i feel like a lot of people a lot of kids like grow up kind of dependent on their parents because they know that they already have like that excess money to give if they need it but obviously like the situations are different for everyone and we're not talking from like an expert background because we're still learning but and also mm-hmm. we're not like generalizing that like the whole South Asian culture like you know forces you to not know about money. Yeah. But this is personally just like our experience. Um, we just think that you know in our family we don't really talk about it as much. Because we also we also got to mention that you know some of y'all Indians are some of the richest people in the world. A lot mm-hmm. of Indians really got their money straight. You mm-hmm. know and like maybe maybe Bengalis can can learn a thing or two. I think I think a lot of indian people really got this money thing down so of course we're not generalizing they immigrated to the west a lot earlier than us so we're not we're not generalizing but i know that there's a lot of people that come from a background like me where money was not a conversation um because money wasn't a comfortable conversation to have so you kind of had to just like get it from the ground up and learn from your peers learn mm. from online resources because we know these these schools don't be teaching us nothing about money yeah which is so about taxes. sad i don't know why we didn't learn about that bro it's april shout out to tax season i didn't i didn't hear none of y'all talking talk about taxes in high yeah. school Hello. you said oh yeah you gotta pay taxes okay what does that mean nobody you know knows what, what we did means. learn about though what we learned about the black plague <laughs> we learned about you know we learned about theodore roosevelt theodore <laughs> roosevelt maybe theodore. you should learn about it more <laughs> yeah 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 finances are there's a lot to it there's a lot to it and again we don't fully understand this i'm this is a forever journey you know someone that understand this really well my sister shout out to my yeah, sister yeah i i she asked is, her so much she is a strong independent south asian woman who has but i mean really she started from where we are too she started where i'm at right yeah but she, she started she, from she went the, she went the smart route she uh and and it's just inspirational to show that my my older sister came from nothing but she knows a lot right now so mm-hmm. if there's anybody listening that you feel like you're just lost you feel like you, you're like running out of time you feel like it's too late you know you have so much time it doesn't matter where you come from. You can get this stuff down really, really well. You're not going to learn too much here, right here. I'll be honest. This is just going to be us blabbering. But yeah. if you are struggling with uh, financial literacy, I promise you, um, you can get it down. You just have to really sit down and try to understand it. Because there's a world to know. But as long as you put in the work, you will understand it. You know. So so where where you want to start? So... So let's talk about our backgrounds with financial literacy, right? Well, let's talk about why a lot of us have learned helplessness with money growing up. Mm. You know, you know, I'm lucky because like my dad taught me stuff or he tried to teach yeah. me stuff and I tried to like absorb it. And 
you know, a lot of parents don't really teach their daughters or teach their kids in general how to handle money. And I also think that, like, they don't really know as much either. They do know a lot of stuff, but I think they don't know how to, like, verbalize it to their kids. And also, times are different. So, like, when my dad bought a house back in the day, it was a lot easier to buy a house than now. And so, like, now he tries to tell me, like, the ways to, the resources to use to you know make more money and like buy a house or like whatever it is invest things like that but things have changed so he tries to update me as much as he can from like the knowledge that he grew up with and the knowledge that he learned but I think a lot of the women in South Asian culture they grow up kind of dependent on their husbands obviously not every single wife not every single woman but I think a lot of them don't really know financial literacy because like their husbands are the breadwinners they're usually like the stay-at-home moms and even if they do work their money is kind of joined with their husband they don't have like their own bank account and that's what I grew up with seeing um so it felt very much like a man's world and I think once I kind of got into college my dad told me to you know get a credit card and build my credit and do all of these things that eventually helped me you know move out and sign my own lease and everything without having like a co-signer and do all these things but I think a lot of other people aren't really lucky with that scenario and even then even though I did you know build my own credit from an early age I did start saving my money and you know think about long-term goals from an early age I still think that I could have done more Um, Mm. but I think the age that I started at a lot of people they're a lot behind than I was you know what do you what do you wish you you started earlier or like what do you feel like you maybe missed out on I think earlier on I didn't have as many responsibilities obviously like when I was still in school and I was still living at home I feel like I kind of took it for granted so I would usually just like put my money in savings and like I would save a lot back in the day just because I didn't have too many things to pay for and I think Mm -hmm. as I got older like when I moved out and now I have my own business and now I have a lot more expenses to actually pay for I have been a little bit more careful with like how I spend my money but I guess more careless with how I'm like saving it so I wish Mm -hmm. I had learned earlier how to invest smartly or more intelligently and I wish I learned how to think more in the long term I guess because back in the day I would save money because my parents would always tell me to save instead of spend and I think that's just like a child of immigrants thing but I wish I had learned more ways to like actually save efficiently like i just learned from your sister recently i mean i kind of knew it like my dad used to tell me too but i never really took it seriously because for example if you do have a savings account like i have my normal you know bank savings accounts every single month you get like 0.05 dollars in your like as your interest rate right a penny a little penny you know they think they're they're doing so much thanks thanks for giving us your money so much yeah and it's like we we just keep our money in our savings for the most part. We really don't really take it out too much. But what I learned recently from your sister and what my dad has been trying to tell me for years that I just like didn't want to listen to is that if you have a high yield savings account where it's an account that you don't really touch the money in and you keep it in there for a long term. So like even if you keep it in there for a year and you have a certain amount, you can make like hundreds hundreds of dollars, you know? It's only if you believe in interest. I know like in Islam, some people don't believe in interest rates. But if you do believe in that, there are like alternatives where you can put your money and like be smarter basically and think of your long-term um, life goals where you actually make money for just like putting it in an account that you just don't touch. And I wish I had yeah. learned about that beforehand, you know? Because here I was making a couple of cents thinking that I was doing something so great when I could have just been yeah. making some bank, you know? I think... um. I, I think let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah, let's um, backtrack. It's I think it's important to remember that when it comes to money, our parents only teach us what they have experienced with money. Yeah. And with them being immigrants, they experienced a very, very specific road. They mm-hmm. didn't they didn't get a, a wide frame view of how money works. They came here, most of them came here um on survival mode you save up as much money as you can the scarcity mindset and and you try your best to buy a house mm-hmm. and and after that then your money goes to your kids blah blah bills everything but 
Majority of the time, it's come here, you save up as much money as you can, and you buy a house. That's the that's the mindset of them. We can't really blame our parents for teaching us that because, again, money is like just one of those very few things that you only know what you experience because they don't have the free, they don't have the 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 leisure time to go study money. You know, they they just learn about money from the people around them, from whoever are their peers, whoever is their family in America. They don't they don't have much knowledge back then when they come, and and like you said. The world is completely different now. There's no point in buying a house when you're 25 now, unless you like really want to. But for the most part, there's really no point in buying a house right now. But our parents don't get that. You know, we we tell them how expensive the houses are, and like maybe things just don't really really click for them. You know, so I think when when it came to maybe your parents not having specific conversations with you when you're like you're a teenager, when blah blah you're getting into college. Again, I think they're just they're only able to teach what they know and they really yeah. don't know much, especially like you said, the mothers, the mothers, unfortunately, do not know much about money. My mother did not know much about money because all of it was on my desk. Yeah, I think the priorities are also different. Like my parents always put on me, oh, like save your money, save your money so you can buy a house, save your money so, you know, you can buy a car. And they think of like these big purchases that they had to do when they moved to the country but like yeah i grew up with that mentality and i thought that money was only supposed to be used for those things and like those big purchases and i always thought that you know i had like the scarcity mindset where there wasn't enough money and that if i did have money i'd have to just save it for that so i can't spend it on like you know vacations or like things that i wanted to actually spend it on and um you know, my priorities changed. So like, you know, my dad always told me to like buy a house and I moved out and I didn't buy my apartment or I rent it every single month. And in his eyes, that's kind of like a dumb thing to do, which I understand from his perspective, it would have made more sense to like invest it and like buy or like whatever it is. But for me, my priority isn't to like buy a house right now and maintain a house right now. My priority is to like grow myself, grow my business and like spend my money on things that they don't really understand because it's just like a different priority so i think as you grow older it's also important for you to get your own like head on your shoulders and you know understand what you value over just your parents because i think that makes you a lot more smarter with how you spend your money as well yeah i think again like let's go back at least at least for me I was I was like buying and selling stuff when I was like in middle school and early high school to get money. But my first job wasn't until I was. (sighs) Listen, I have a lot of like off difficult dish stories that I can tell y'all. If y'all pull up to my New York event and you say, Moffin, tell us the sock story. It's not really a story, but like I'll I'll, I'll tell y'all about the socks. Yeah, he'll tell you Um, the story. I started working my first job at Aeropostale's little clothing store. Um, yeah. I was making seven eighty five. Let's be transparent. We we love That's transparent crazy. people who talk about numbers. Was that um, the minimum I was wage back seven, then? Yes, seven eighty five. Wow. And then it got raised to eight oh five. It got twenty seven raised. I was making seven eighty five. I started working at a coffee shop. I was making minimum wage. I worked at Michael Kors when I was eighteen. I made like ten dollars an hour. I worked at a coffee shop when I was nineteen. Uh, including tips, I was making like fourteen dollars an hour. And then when I got into like working at like marketing agencies and like I, I worked at a social media marketing agency and I worked at a digital marketing agency like before I was 20 and they were paying me like like 200 bucks a week. And that was like a majority good. of the money that I got from like jobs. And then I was making a lot more money. Like I used to buy, sell clothes, buy, sell sneakers. I used to make more doing that than like my marketing jobs. And and like going on to that, that's something that like our our parents like don't understand. Like my mom never understood, still doesn't understand like the concept of buying and selling sneakers. Like I have sneakers on my on my shoe shelf shoe rack now that are like over a thousand dollars, and that is like kind of normalized to us nowadays because we understand like hype sneakers. That's like our equivalent of their gold. Literally, yeah. <laughs> and and I tell my mom that she's like a thousand dollars. I was like, yeah, but she's like, but they're used. I was like, it doesn't matter, mom. Like, people, people love it, mm-hmm. and and so there there were a lot of stuff that that my mom didn't understand early on. Um, and I think that goes in into like my first tip that I started doing early um, was, I think when we're young, we 
with the pressures of our parents, we get super duper defensive over our money and our little like $30, $40. We want to save that. Put that in a savings account. That'll buy us a car one day. It might. But also keep in mind that if you're like early on working like a little job and, you know, it's like part time and like you just like want to spend a little bit of it. I think one of the common misconceptions like my parents used to say is like, save all your money. You don't need to. You don't need to spend anything. <laughs> spend a little. They just spend think a we're bit working twenty four seven and not spending a single dime. Spend a little bit of your money because you're not gonna, you're not going to become like money abundant by saving your minimum wage or your like your low paying job dollars. You'll become abundant by becoming like a better, fuller human and getting a better paying job. I think that's something that I wish I learned earlier. Is like and. I, I kind of learned it on my own um, early, which is why, like I'm saying it now, was I always had this relationship with money where, of course, I'm, you know, I care for money. I understand the importance and value and, you know, I want to retire my mom and I want to take care of everything. But it's also like you starving yourself from not spending anything. Not only is it like not healthy for you, it'll create a very unhealthy relationship very unhealthy relationship between you and money you're gonna think about it in ways that are are just not conceivable and they're not like they don't have longevity you have to think about money as you know once you get out of college you get the best high paying job you can and there's more that you can do with it than just let it sit in your savings account you know you kind of Mm -hmm. brought it up earlier high yield savings account that that term is sounds a little scary but like it's really not we're we're really just taught save your money put it in your savings account and every year you're gonna get six dollars six whole <laughs> dollars a year you know what that means after on on january 1st you could buy us vanilla bean frappuccino barely though barely. <laughs> congratulations not congratulations in the, the small size um where it's like you know if you if you work at a company where the employer does like a 401k match they they have a Roth yeah IRA. talk about that i don't the, know what that is talk about that <sighs> I don't know too much either, but like to put it in simple terms, right? Whatever age you're at that you're listening at, this is geared towards like post-grad, you're getting your first job and you don't know too much about money. Once you once you get hired at a job and you start doing all the HR stuff, they're going to tell you about how much money do you want to withhold into your 401k. Mm. You you hear that, you hear that and you hear withhold my money you want to take you want to take my money <laughs> wait didn't didn't you make a mistake of saying zero no that, that's something else that's something else oh, okay, okay. um so 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 two things so there's there's just like withholding your money for your 401k which i'll talk about now which is essentially they will deduct money out of your paycheck to put into another account that like you can't touch but like you really shouldn't and you think about that from like you know you come from you know from from broke boy status and you hear somebody want to take your money you said you're not gonna take my goddamn money i'm keeping that to myself and i'll put it in my account i stayed at my bank account but it's like but all that money is doing you put that in a 401k and it, it just compounds and it, and it like you putting that money in your savings account you get six dollars in your 401k after the first year you're gonna make like an extra like four or five hundred wow just like that you wow. put, but but the the only downside, which isn't even a downside, it's the actually an upside if you think about it. It just takes your money and puts it somewhere that you can't touch it. Yeah, which is like in it's reality, because, it's like a good thing because they it's know that you if you do. had the money, if you if you had the money and they gave it to you, they know you're that you would have goddamn spend... like like Coca Cola and, and cranberry juice. Yeah, <laughs> like you're gonna, what are you gonna do with that money? You're gonna spend it on you know watching Toy Story five and you know buy a little media popcorn. <laughs> And go like mini golfing with like you know your the high school way, crush. The and then, way you've and then been popping off, you've been popping off with like these movie and like TV show references, like so random. And, and too, then what like, happens? What happens? Listen, you tell like me what a little late night, you want to buy like a little like three like McDouble or something for what? Just relax. Put it in a four hundred one k. All that McDouble money, <laughs> put it in a four hundred one k, please. <laughs> um and and also they also ask you do you want do you want your paychecks to be tax with withholding or not tax withholding and essentially what that means like the same thing it's like 
do you want your tax money to come out of your paycheck or do you want to just pay your taxes during tax period? And same concept. You hear, take my money. <laughs> you want to take my money out of my paycheck? Are you sick or crazy or stupid or dumb? Which one? You could pick one. They're so sick, right? So my first year at my company, I said, you're not taking my tax money. Are you crazy in the head? I kept that for myself. I stacked that up in my savings account. Was I actually saving it? Probably not. I probably, <laughs> <Definitely buy, laughs> not. I was probably buying like croissant sandwiches or something You're with that money. I don't know what rings. I was doing. No, I was literally buying flights to New York with that money. Oh, God. Shut the hell up. And then tax season came. I got to pay $3,000 <laughs> for and what? And then you're confused. And then you're like, And now I'm confused. Happen? And then I'm confused. I had to pay like, what was it? It was 20... 2021 i paid like three thousand dollars just like that sorry yeah so it's like so man like long story short this stuff gets a lot more complicated i just broke it down very simple for you guys but if you want to be as financially successful in your 20s you give your money give it this is if you're employed by a company self-employed you can talk about that next if you're employed by a company which a majority of people will do give your money (laughs) from your paycheck do your 401ks, yeah. look into high yield savings account if you want, just give your money because a lot of people do not give their money from their paychecks out of, out of, you know, you, you get, out of fear. you get a sense of gra- uh, fear and you just like get a sense of gratification seeing it and you open your bank account, you see that extra $200 in your savings account mm-hmm. and you just like get happy. But it's like, put, put like your ego aside, understand that like you still have that money. It still belongs to you. Even mm-hmm. though you don't physically see it, it's still yours. Don't put your worth, your self-value on how much money is in your savings account because I, I do that a lot. And that's something that I, I've had to fix, you know, about myself is I, you you shouldn't have to get some sort of like dopamine hit when you open up your bank account. Because honestly, there should not be that much money in your bank account. It should be in other places. Because it's not doing anything for you in your bank account. All it's doing for you is just giving you a dopamine hit. But you know, that's that's the thing. I think when you grow up with financial insecurity like both of us did, and when you grow up feeling guilty for spending money on small things for yourself because we were always taught to save and spend it on our parents or like whatever it is, I think you get kind of uh, used to the fact that when you do get money from a paycheck or whatever it is, you get that satisfaction so like I get yeah. it, and I understand yeah. I get how it. hard it I is get it. to un- like undo that and undo that mentality, and you know put it into something that you will not get like a benefit right away, and it's like a long term type of end game. Um, so it takes a long time to unlearn that, you know. The 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 thing is, it's you just said it's a it's a long term thing. It's really not that long term. Like we we look at retirement funds. Like, oh, when we're 60, we're going to get the money back. No, by the time, if you start putting money in your 401k when you're 22, by the time you're like 26, 27, you're going to see thousands of dollars in there. Yeah. Like close to above five figures, just like that. So it's like, you don't have to wait 30 years to see this money back. It happens in a couple years. And like Mm -hmm. you, you blink your eyes and you're 26, 27 and you're just like, and you see how much it's working, and then by that point you're like, all right, yeah, I'm invested. I'm I'm keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's like the earlier you can adapt that mindset, you're it's it's not a 62 year old reward. It's a four to five year reward. That's a very very common mistake that I learned. I actually learned that in college. Um, you don't have to wait that long because you start seeing the effects of it very very soon, mm-hmm. and you will be very happy that you started early um i wish i started earlier i did not i did not i i took my money from the paychecks and i went i went to the movies and i bought the extra large popcorn okay you I'll still do that you still do that now <laughs> i'll be honest sometimes i took that tax a, money sometimes he'll send me a <laughs> selfie of him sitting down by himself at the theater and he has the biggest popcorn in his hands and he's just like well, goddamn yeah. watching freaking Atlantis. Yeah, what you don't see is that extra that extra large IC next to me too. I see it. I'm I see sure it. that. I'm <laughs> sure that. Yeah. I promise yeah, blue you. Blue raspberry. If you're curious, 
blue raspberry and, and, and i put extra it. butter in the popcorn and then you don't finish it and then you start complaining <laughs> right. to me about how your brain is hurting. yeah then my, then my tummy hurts yeah then my tummy hurts and i lay in bed the rest of the day all yeah. for that tax money so do yourself a favor put that money in somewhere better you know um but how so you about you uh, you had to learn you had to learn a very valuable uh, i had to learn recently, the hard way you? recently you want to yeah. talk about that Before we move on, I have a confession to make. Oh gosh, what is it? When I was 18, I spent the last $200 in my bank account to buy a designer wallet just to lose it at the mall a week later. And ever since that day, I don't know if you know, but I've lived in a perpetual state of fear that I'm going to lose my wallet again, I'll be honest. But not anymore. You want to know why? Because the amazing people over at Exter were generous enough to gift me their beautiful trackable wallet and now i can sleep good at night exter is known for inventing the first trackable wallet and now they're helping you upgrade the rest of your carry essentials their wallets are super slim have quick card access and built-in rfid protection for data theft they're sustainable and eco-friendly and they're trackable wow Literally, my life has changed ever since I got this wallet. I cannot tell you how many wallets I've lost in my life. I lost count. Exter has a variety of amazing products to choose from, whether it's their premium vegan leather wallets, their aluminum and carbon fiber card holders, or even just their solar powered tracking cards if you lose everything like my fellow machine here. Guys, not only is Exter running their anniversary sale right now to get up to 25% off a bunch of their products, but if you click the link in our description, you get an additional discount on top of that with code difficult dish say with me code difficult dish which is automatically applied at checkout so if you got a brother's birthday that's coming up a boyfriend's birthday that's coming up mm. want to get an early father's day gift or if you just want to check out what you can get for yourself please check out our episode description for our personalized link to extra storefront thank you so much to extra for sponsoring this episode of the podcast Guys, I made I made a mistake recently. Did you? I made I made a grave mistake. Um, yeah, we're not talking about like the the bad mushrooms. We are. We're not talking about, about the bad mushrooms. We talked about that in no. the last episode. What we're no. talking about is is you know taxes. So yeah, Uncle as Sam. you guys know, yeah we we just we just approached and finished tax season. We did. You know, this was my first year of being a self-employed gal. And, you know, some things you just don't, you don't know, you don't learn, no one tells you. <laughs> so, you know, I had to learn the hard way that ended up in tears where I had to pay over $6,000 in taxes. And then on top of that, I had a no, little penalty. No, you mean like 600 fee. right? No, 6000 Like, like uh, drop, like right then and there, 6000 and then 100 something in penalty, penalty fees. And it was just, it was just a lot, right? It's because no one told me that you are supposed to keep your money to the side like every month or every few months to allocate for taxes if you are self-employed and you're not getting that tax money taken out of your paycheck because you don't get like a stable paycheck every single month Mm -hmm. or every two weeks so i didn't know that and second on top of that i didn't really know to like organize my finances so you know, if you are working for a company, if you do have like a full time nine to five job, usually you have your stable income every two weeks. You have like your um, your your finances already tracked by your company. So what I didn't realize that I had to do was just track my own finances and track every single expense that I had. And so literally a month before tax season, I was just like trying my best to organize the whole year's worth of expenses and um incomes and everything through um i was using quickbooks and it is just so important to do it as you go so you don't get stressed out Mm -hmm. towards the end of it so now i'm a little bit more you know smarter with it and i'm trying to like do it every other day or every week or whatever it is so it's not as stressful for me where i have to like do it last minute but it's just you know, you, you live and you learn. I feel like from the mistakes, I've I've learned like what to do and what not to do. And unfortunately, you kind of do have to make the mistakes to learn. And I wish I had like friends to talk about it earlier. I mean, now I do. I do have people to talk to talk to it about. Like I have your sister. I have my other artist friends. Like I talked to Radia about it. Someone that we had on the podcast before. 
and I've read, I've done like my own research where I've read books on financial literacy for women. I've watched like videos on how to invest and things like that, but there's still so much more to learn. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do my own part and I'm trying to like catch up because I feel like I'm so behind and I'm just like trying to, you know, learn things on my own terms because I feel like when my dad does try to teach me, he does teach me a lot and I'm very grateful for that. But I feel like I thought of myself as stupid because I just could not grasp like the things that he was saying to me because obviously he's a lot more advanced. He knows these things. He's had years at it. And I just am not able to like comprehend like what he's saying to me. So I've had to do my own research in just making things more simplified so that I understand it. And I've just had to take things more at like a digestible, you know, rate. So the videos really have been helping me. I've been learning more about just like all things money, trying my best. And it's just really important to have these conversations because again, like what you said, Mashoon, a lot of men have these open conversations about jobs, about finances, about money, how to get different opportunities. And it's always like a hush-hush thing with women. And that's why women mm-hmm. are still, you know, a little bit inferior uh, finance-wise to men because we don't have these open conversations. I mean, now it's changing a lot more for the better for us. But we just have to talk about these things more because it's it's still so taboo. And at the end of the day, we're the ones that are suffering because we don't have that openness, you know? Yeah, that's the thing with money is like I I was never able to like read about money or read about finance. Not even like I don't even get too much from like videos. Like I, like when I was in college, they used to just play like financial videos and we used to read have to read articles and stuff. And it just never clicked as much as just hearing somebody talk about it. Yeah. So, Personal experience. you know, again, like we we are just two little amateur Bengali podcasters that don't know too much about finance. If you're someone who is like actually struggling, hearing people talk about it and, and having somebody that knows how to articulate it well is very, very helpful. I know that one of my... Um, one of the first people that I had that helped explain like credit cards and debt to me was was my good friend Soham. He was a finance major, and he he works in banking right now, and he enjoys learning about money. And I used to ask him questions all the time, and he used to explain it really, really well. So if you have a friend that's in finance, if you have a friend that you know is into this stuff, just ask them questions because yeah, they're even if it's something that you just read about that you don't understand the way that a human can explain it um knowing you as well it it can be very very helpful Mm -hmm. um so yeah man i mean like this stuff this stuff it is complicated and it can sound even more complicated but we can really simplify this stuff and especially us south asians man like we really have to like help each other because there's a lot there's a lot that got it down there's a lot of us that have it lost especially the people like us that don't come from much because yeah. our what our parents teach us is the fundamentals, is you know, the traditional take on money, which is vital. You have to understand mortgages, you have to understand interest, you have to understand this stuff. And these terms sound really scary, but once you have these types of conversations and you get the terminology down, it really makes a lot more sense. Like I used to be scared about like business terminology all the time. Now that like in my job I, I use these business terms in like my client calls i be i've become a lot more comfortable with it so just like a couple conversations talking about credit cards you know there's so mm-hmm. much that we didn't get into um but yeah man like it 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 is complicated but i promise you like it's really not that bad yeah i was i'm thinking about the question that you asked earlier about like what i would change if when i was younger about saving money and how to get more money and I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it from like a young person's perspective, like what I would have done if I was still in high school or like early 20s or something. And I think something else on top of just saving money or having your normal job, like normal part time job, is trying to figure out how to diversify your incomes. Because I think having any part time job or having any job, sometimes it's kind of, you know, wishy washy. It's not permanent you know especially during the pandemic so many people got laid off and even for me I was working at CVS pharmacy and I just ended up not going to work like right when the pandemic like a week before the pandemic like officially started 
I just like did not go back to work because I was like, I don't want to put myself all the sickness and, you know, be in a medical environment like Mm -hmm. that. And so I wasn't getting income, right? You know, so many people depend on their jobs for that income. And I think especially when you're young, it's important to like think about how you can maybe get a passive income and think about like how you can just do something on the side so that you have something else to like you were selling socks, you know, something basic. It can be you like reselling your clothing and it doesn't have to be something that you're spending so much time on. It can be like an hour a week. Like, you know, one of my best friends, she tells she sells her like tattoo ink drawings and that's like something that she loves doing and she's just making like a few bucks off of it and i think it's just really important to figure out what you like doing not necessarily monetizing off of your hobbies if you don't want to but figuring out how you can have more than just like one thing that you make money off of i think i think that's important but i think that's only built for certain people i think something that i've come to learn um is not everyone not everybody wants to like work on four different things i think a lot of people just kind of want to work a good job but i'm talking about early on i'm talking about when you're young and you're trying to build that money and you just have like a part-time job but still like you know that's kind of like instilling like a hustler mindset that like you got you got you got to do whatever it takes to make money and if if you're that type i was that type do it of course but also keep in mind this something that, that my sister taught me my sister isn't wasn't the type to like you know have side hustles and like make money from side hustles she gets she treats like the money that she gets from like her investments and her stocks and her 401k as like as like side incomes as well you know because like she's gonna keep getting money from investments she's gonna Mm -hmm. keep getting money from the stock market Mm -hmm. as long as you know and the money in her 401k is gonna continue compounding so you don't always have to try a bunch of different side hustles of course if you're into that do that I think we have a we have an episode on that. Yeah. Um but don't always stress yourself out with the mindset that the more you do the more money you get because it it really is true that like it's not like how hard you work it's like how smart you work. Yeah, that's true. You know, too. it's 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 what you do that's with your fact. time, it's what you do with your money. When you're early on and you got a couple bucks to your name and you want to save up for like a new pair of sneakers by all means do it. You know, you don't got to worry about retirement funds when you're 17. Um, I think the most important thing to do when you're from like 16 to 20 is just have the right mindset about it ha- mm. and, and think, think long term. Please don't think that your at, that your life ends at 23. I s- promise you it doesn't. Your life doesn't even start at 23. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like you have the right mindset when you're going into things, even if you have, even if you, even if you're at zero, you could be at zero. I hit zero a lot of times. I've hit zero a lot of times in my life last time i hit zero was honestly not that long ago it was probably when i was like 20 like i probably went down to zero when i was 20 please don't think that your life ends soon it doesn't just have the mindset the long-term mindset and and understand that money will come as long as you treat it the right way mm-hmm. you know something that i was telling machine today about a video that i saw on tiktok this is especially relevant to those that feel guilty for spending money. They have like that spending trauma and they constantly feel like there isn't an abundance of money out there and they have to work harder and harder and harder and just constantly save. They can't spend on anything. I saw this TikTok video and essentially he was saying like, imagine you want a million dollars and you are waiting for that money to hit your bank account and it's going to take like 10 days for that money to hit because it's a big amount. In that 10 days, what are you going to be thinking? What are you going to be doing? So usually if you have that idea that you have, you're going to have a million dollars after 10 days, in that time frame, you're probably so excited. You're probably thinking about all the things that you're going to do. You're probably, you know, just like in a very abundance mindset because you're just excited about life, right? I think that analogy is such a good way of thinking because like, once you're negative and you constantly feel like, oh my God, I'm stressing about this one thing. I can't spend money on this. I have so much guilt, like going on this one vacation, even though I haven't gone on a vacation in like 10 years. When you constantly feel negative and you constantly feel like you're not going to make more money and you're going to constantly, you know, be suffering, 
you're just constantly you're going to have this scarcity mindset but once you believe that there are good things out there for you and that you can spend a few dollars on a coffee you know this was very hard for me to unlearn too i always thought that if i spent a few dollars on something my whole life is going to be ruined and that i'm not saving enough money and that i won't be able to like retire my parents and like have a good life if you spend that five dollars on a coffee i promise you your life will be fine and so when you have this like abundance mindset and you have this like positive outlook on life, it will also help you so much with your finances. Obviously, it's not like magic. You still have to work hard. You still have to, you know, make money. But having that mindset shift is also such an important thing because like you said, it's not about working a lot of jobs. It's not about working a lot. It's about working smarter and it's about just like knowing what to do with the money that you have, which, you know, is a trial and error. Yeah, I think... uh I think something that has helped me a lot is just recognizing that all money is, is just the exchange of value. All money is, is just the exchange of value. You go to a coffee shop, you give them $5 to give you a coffee. That the, your $5 is valuable to them. That coffee is valuable to you. I think when a lot of people talk about how do I make more money? How do I, I'm I'm broke. uh, How do I, how do I start a side hustle? Money is the exchange of value. In order to make money, you have to become a more valuable person. And I'm not saying more valuable in, in, in regards to wealth. You you have to become a fuller human. You have to learn more skills. You have to learn them well. You have to learn communication. The more skills you're able to obtain as a person, the more desirable you would be for not only companies, but by your peers. And, you know, I don't want to treat friendships as, you know, like a, an exchange of value either. And, and and don't take this super realistic, but I started thinking about my life as like, what what am I bringing to the table? Not not in the mindset of like, oh, I always have to be giving something and taking something. But it's like, you have to live life really thinking, what what is it that you are providing? And not only what is it you're providing, what are you providing well? What can you do well? Everybody can do something really well. If you're not creative, you're probably really good with computers. If you're not good at computers, you're probably really good at reading books and obtaining knowledge. You, everybody is good at something. If you're looking to make the most out of what you have as a human, really take a good look at what makes you special because there is something. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, struggle with thinking about what makes them special. Everybody has something really special in them. Mm-hmm. Figure out what it is and really churn it to the highest degree and and that will give you the highest probability of success in life you know what i learned about recently hmm. i learned about the s&p 500 500 fund. yeah mr 500 you, you know wanna, what it is you want to talk about it a little bit go ahead you know you know let me let me take the stand a little bit all right yeah, let me know let me know all right so like so like in the past i've made some financial mistakes in the stock market right stocks right. i I was just like, all right, oh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just pick and choose like a few companies that I like, put some money in there and like, hopefully you'll rise. You know, I believe in them. <laughs> I believe in them. I trust them. They fell, right? Because, you know, that's how the stock market works. It just I'm going to put a pause to your story. I, I have to say this. I'm going to put a pause to your story. In 2020, my company was doing amazing. It peaked <laughs> in stock market value like 10x to what it actually does. I told Mo, Mo! Guess what? Guess what? My company is doing great. <laughs> my company, my company is doing great. Mo behind my back, put in thousands of dollars. No, I didn't. I didn't at do the it behind peak. your back. You did. Oh yeah. She put in thousands of dollars at the peak, at the highest point that this yeah. that this company has ever been in. Yeah. And what happened? It went back to normal. As yeah, the next companies day, everyone do. started selling it. Yeah. So so listen, like before she continues, um, buy low, sell high, not the yeah. other way around, please. Yeah, I just go thought like, continue. oh, it's at a peak, so that means it's going to go higher and higher. She's trusting me. She, it was like yeah, when I we first started dating. Why would, why <laughs> we just first started talking, she had so much trust Why would me. I not trust you? <laughs> yeah, never again after that, my trust was broken. Uh, but um, wow. yeah, my fault. so... It's my fault. So honestly speaking, if you are a novice at the stock market, like how I was, you know, I just assume like, all right, let me put some money into like Apple. Let me put some money into mm. um, American Airlines. Let me put some money into this and that. 
I don't know anything about stock markets. This is usually like if you do put money into individual stocks, you either are watching that stock very heavily yeah. or like you just have a lot of trust in them and you know they're going to go up higher and higher, whatever. I don't yeah. do that. So I have no knowledge on it. So what I mm-hmm. learned recently is that if you do want to put money in stock stocks, but you don't want to, you know, actually monitor it, you don't really have too much knowledge on it. There is something called the S&P 500 index fund where essentially it is like the top 500 stocks in America and you can put in whatever amount you want into this index fund and all of the money that you put in will be divided equally amongst all of these 500 stocks. And so each and these 500 stocks are kind of picked on their like level of success, basically. So they are most likely going up you know they're like the best stocks like apple um i don't know like ralph lauren i don't know like all these <laughs> stocks right so if you put in a hundred dollars into the stock market that hundred dollars will be divided amongst these 500 stocks so you know i haven't done this yet but if you are scared of the stock market like how i am i have stock market trauma it is it is smart for you to probably put money into the S&P where your money gets divided up and you can keep it in there long term like a 401k or you can you know take it out whenever you'd like but i feel like that's a good alternative for any girly or you know it's boy boy pop men can't <laughs> any boy pop. men been okay men been investing uh, in the stock this is for the girly pops all right this it's is important girly, to keep in mind most Im- most most important piece of information the S and P five hundred traditionally, on average, has an eight to twelve percent um, mm-hmm. interest increase. So it's not like one hundred percent guaranteed that you'll get eight to twelve percent every year, but it's like ninety nine point nine 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 percent guaranteed. So what's that? that, that what's that in numbers? So for example, if I put in a thousand, if you put in a thousand dollars, you'll get a hundred twenty dollars. Yeah. So if you got like ten thousand in there, you know mm. you're gonna get just uh twelve hundred bucks. Hey, just for fun yo. fun time fun time yeah, just fun tw- time. quick time then you can you and can go to the movies all you want buy as much popcorn as you want <laughs> as much kool-aid as many nachos with jalapenos yep two packs of nacho cheese mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i want to do a career episode i feel like we should make to make a career episode but also if, if you guys want episode, a career episode we didn't uh, even talk about the budgeting. About budgeting y'all you want to like go so over budgeting info. real quick no no <laughs> go over we, real quick. Real, i'll tell y'all so how much. i budget i don't spend money okay <laughs> all right so let us know actually in our friday post if you want us to make a part two on just like career advice and a yeah. part three on just like budgeting because we have a lot more to spit out you know we got especially mm-hmm. budgeting i feel like both of us have different takes on it because you have yeah. a nine to five i have my you know self-employed job but I've been like trying to get on my budgeting wave. You know, I also have my like YouTube videos on it. So if you want to watch that. But mm. yeah, let us know in the comments. If yeah. You wanna, if you, if, want you if you want some, I want to see some popcorn emojis popcorn on our Friday emoji. post. Letting y'all know a little early, a little early on. If you, if you guys are new here, you know, we usually say towards the end, drop an emoji on a Friday post. Drop yeah. some popcorns. I want to see some popcorns. Yeah. Show us the popcorns. All right, if you guys didn't know, we have an Instagram um, Instagram owned by Meta, Mr. Zuckerberg. Who says up. that? <laughs> um, we have an Instagram, Instagram.com slash difficultish. We've been uh, we've been uh, making some posts. Uh, our intern has been making some posts. Nevin, shout out Nevin. She's been Nevin. killing it with our little like posts of our of our episodes. If you guys are liking those, let us know. Some of y'all have shown, you know, you like our he's and ha-has. Let us know if yeah. you like seeing our faces. You yeah. know, who knows? Maybe... Maybe soon this might be a video podcast. Who knows? You gonna stay? You gonna yeah. stay tuned in hey, till then? Hey, it might happen. Hey, um, maybe soon. Uh, we let you guys know about our upcoming topics early mm-hmm. on our Instagram. Exclusive Ask you guys look. how you feel about them. Exclusive Instagram slash difficult dish. Right, right, right. What he said. So someone yeah. said, advice on parents controlling your money, borrowing money, and being financially dependent on them. Oh, this is like a, a multi-parter. I'm trying to figure out like what we're, what we're, what we're trying to tackle. First. I, I get it though. I get, I get it though. Yeah. How, the, how, the, how the do parents. we, 
yeah how do we set the boundaries with the parents you know you know what i think about when this like this was brought up just now when mm. like we used to get like eid money <laughs> when, like when we were younger and <laughs> yeah. we get eid money and it, then like take it back and then your mom your mom would be like all right like l- let me hold on to it <laughs> like yeah. when my yeah. when my nanu would give me money for my birthday and stuff my mom would be like oh let me let me keep it safe and you never yeah. saw that nope. money ever again no nope. all right i i got a couple things one starting with that eid money starting with little like little like bills that they give you keep it mm. keep it do not let them hold your money yeah okay you know what i if did? they're telling you to what you know what i did i used to have like a what? mickey mouse wallet right a cute little mickey mouse yeah. wallet and i'd put like my eid money in there like my nanu's money like yeah. birthday money in there and stuff good and like yeah, I, used birthday have, money. I used to have like so much like my parents taking my money and just te- like keeping it for themselves obviously they're spending the money on us like they're not keeping it they're not like yeah. <laughs> storing the money away to their account <laughs> They're buying popcorn on Friday nights. Themselves. They're using our money to freaking buy themselves clothing. No, they're obviously. No, I mean, it. I mean, I mean, hey, like, like, <laughs> hey, that's that stuff happens, man. Like, not yeah, don't knock the hustle. That's their part-time job taking the money from us. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I used to have a Mickey Mouse um, wallet with all my money in there, and I I had so much trauma with like just them taking my money. Um, yeah. That I would li- like. I didn't have a bank account. I'm like seven. I had like. Yeah, a, a piece of paper like hidden away, and I would, <laughs> I would write down all of the money that I was getting in, and I'd like That's count good. it. I'd count That's it like good. every every week or so. I'd hide it like in my eighteen dollars, eighteen dollars to my name. <laughs> and even my baby cousin, when he was like a five year old, six year old boy, he had like a a treasure chest with like a few dollars in there, some walnuts. Nice, nice, <laughs> some walnuts, some almonds, catches. <laughs> all right. Anyways. One, keep your money. Two, well, before I say two, when I was 16, my father opened up a joint bank account for me to share with him. God, (laughs) listen, this is the most valuable piece of advice I'm going to give ever on this podcast. When you turn 18, open your own bank account. Yeah. Please, in your name, under your license, it is your bank account. Do not give your parents that information do not give them your checking routing number yeah it is your account and three do not share with them how much money you have if they ask you how much money you got say you got a lot less than you do okay say you got a lot less than you do do not share with them fully disclose how much money you have because depends what relationship you have with you have with them okay yeah this is in regards to a toxic relationship in a good relationship do everyone toxic relationship have your own bank account Take control of your own money. Understand the fundamentals from your parents. But also remember that we live in a new world with how money works. This online world, things are crazy. Money comes, money flows like absolutely crazy. You can, you know, be a good daughter or son and and let them know that you're good. But please take your financial situation. If you're coming from a bad spot, take your financial situation into your own hands. Um, because having the influence of your parents is not a promising journey mm-hmm. as I've learned. Okay. Take it into your own hands. Learn from the people around you. If you get a job that you are surrounded by people that are older than you, another crucial piece of advice. If you work with people that are older than you, take advice from them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do not, if you have a good relationship with them, do not be scared to ask them how taxes work. I've asked my coworkers, yo, I don't really know how to how I don't know how much to invest in my in my account at my company specifically, and they help me out. Please do not <clears throat> be scared to get financial advice, especially if you're like the eldest um, son or daughter in your family. Do not be scared to ask for advice from your peers. It doesn't always have to be from people that are in their fifties. Okay, it could be people in their mid to late twenties that really got it down. Do not be scared to ask them for advice because they can really, really help you out. That's what my sister did as well. She asked because she was the eldest in my family. She had to ask people around her and they really helped her out, out a lot. I did the same thing for people around me. Um, please just take your financial situation into your own hands. Try your best to separate yourself from your parents. Um, you can come back around later, but at least in the beginning of your journey, do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Good. Well said. Yeah. Set those boundaries. Yeah, I realized we got so many questions on budgeting, so we must make a second part to this video because it we'll do is... a career slash budgeting episode. Yeah, that would be that would be a good one. 
So someone asked, what is a good way to establish a goal that will motivate you to save money? I think I think one thing you can do is because I'm big on I'm big on like making something tangible. Mm. I, I don't I don't work I don't work well with like imaginative budgeting ideas or plans. Yeah. I always have to make something real. So I'll give you a real world example. I'm going to Miami in June to see Drake. Right? <laughs> I I know it's going to cost a lot. I know it's going to cost a lot of money. And I know that like I want to save for that trip. Right. Mm-hmm. So in order to make me more willing and like responsible to save, I went ahead and made the trip real and just bought the Drake ticket. Mm. And me buying the Drake ticket, I was like, okay, I'm actually going. I just spent hundreds of dollars on this ticket. Um, of course, it's coming from a place of like I had the hundreds of dollars to just drop right then. Me doing that made it realistic, made me think, okay, I, I, I need, I like this is real. This is actually happening. Um, I mapped it out. I said, okay, two and a half months. I'm a for this trip. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna put this money aside accordingly, and I just made it real in my head. That's my like real tangible advice. If you want to budget money purchase something or like do something about your budgeting plan that just makes it real mm-hmm. and and whether it's like you're actually trying to buy like something say say like you're trying to buy like a gaming system right buy the 40 dollar game buy the game buy the game that'll make you okay now i actually have to save the money for this for i have to save the eight hundred thousand dollars for this gaming system of course this is very specific advice but i think it's very real tangible advice that could help a lot of people um, make these things real because a lot of us, a, a lot of us, when it comes to saving money, we don't know what we're saving for. Yeah, our parents, that's a big one. Our parents, you know, and I hate that we said this so late. A lot of us don't even know what we're saving for. Yeah, a lot of us got ten bands, fifteen bands, and like, you don't really want to buy a house, and you never and, feel and satisfied too. You never feel satisfied. Exactly. You feel like you have to keep going and going and just saving in more and more money, and you're not spending any of it. And and saving is great, but again it's like if you have like a little bit to play with you can do real things to make these financial plans and goals for you a lot more realistic you know more than just like thinking of the idea take how much you make a month and divvy that money up you know say i got i make two i make two thousand dollars a month 600 that goes to bills i don't i so i don't make two thousand i make 1400 okay say 200 you got to spend for leisure time. Okay, I make 1200. I don't make 2000. I make $1200. What are you doing with that 1200? You know, like be realistic. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to be realistic. If you don't make a lot of money, please don't be afraid to be realistic. I was scared to face how little money I have for a long time. Don't be scared, okay? Cuz it's not going to go in your favor. There were so many times where I didn't open up my like tuition balance at UCF. Now I got to pay late fee. Now I'm now I'm mad at myself. Why don't, I, why don't I just pay my tuition? Now I got to pay an extra $200. For what? And yeah. and you do the same thing next year. So please, I don't know. I'm, I'm blabbering because I, I get I get real like emotional about this stuff, man. Just like, please take it serious. Yeah. And and please take matters into your own hands. Same thing with like Sorry credit card bills. No, you're good. Same thing with credit card bills. A lot of people have like that financial insecurity and they just like keep delaying paying the bill and it just gets higher and higher the late fee gets you know same thing with you not checking your tuition or your report card like the consequences are are worse when you keep delaying it so it's like the first thing you have to do is just like confront your anxiety confront where your your financial trauma comes from and just like do the work to get over it because that's where it starts you know facing your financial trauma is very very important Mm -hmm. um whether whether you seek therapy um however you can go through that that is very very important yeah all right well that's our first episode on finances and it's a good one you know um uh finance for dummies i guess from our perspective <laughs> yeah, you stupid dummies we're the dummies too. dummies that'll be, difficult that'll be dummies. <laughs> difficult our smart dummies. dummies but um you got any 10 second advice i got some hmm Please do not go to the car dealership to get something fixed with your car. Please. If you need an oil change, because car dealerships cost four times as much as you going to a little end. I know know a lot of y'all drive past these little car shops. Y'all are scared of them. Please. They're the nicest people. 
Okay, I live on OBT in Orlando, Florida. I am, I am completely surrounded by car dealers. They are the sweetest people. Okay, they will they will literally help you no matter what. True. Please go to these people instead of these car dealerships. They will change your oil for thirty dollars. Car dealership will, will will charge you you know like a, a pinky toe for your goddamn. Wow. <laughs> Which toe. one is more important? Which one's more right. important? Wow, you're you're dropping gems in this episode, huh? Yeah, every episode I y'all gotta good. hear. You gotta, gotta hear. hear, you know. No, this one, this one, my ears are wide open for you. This one, like I've I've been hearing it yeah. loud and clear. Oh, oh god, I got my ten second advice. Mine is, you know, since it's related to finance, you know, I just got a um finance tracker journal from the company mm. Papier, and it I haven't used it yet, but I've been looking at it. And I've been thinking about how to use it because they have like a calendar where you can kind of put down all the bills that you have to pay for each month. I have, you know, like your weekly expenses that you can write in. You can write in your income, all these different things. And I feel like if you are an anxious person like me or a paranoid person like me, I feel like this is a great tool to have to just keep things more organized and to have things more visual. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes I get like bills taken out automatically from my account because I have everything like auto payment which is also a very good hack if you don't have auto payment on, have that on. I just have things taken out and I get so surprised when I get like this big chunk of money taken out of my account and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't expect that. Even Mm -hmm. though it's like the same thing every month, I'm just not used to it. So it might be helpful if you have things written down so it's less overwhelming every month. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good job. Nice um that's all we got um mm-hmm. sorry for keeping you so long not really uh rate us review us follow us popcorns on friday okay? yeah hashtag popcorns on if we friday. don't see the popcorn we're not making a goddamn part two i'm deleting this podcast yeah <laughs> i better see some popcorns yeah. all right guys thank you so much for listening to us um blabber on if you guys have any questions honestly like if you guys have any like financial questions feel free to dm me i this is something that like i enjoy helping people in um mm-hmm. and i'm, I'm always uh, open to uh helping you know a fellow brown skin uh, with money. yeah so uh thank you for so much for listening that's all love you oh that's the first time that's the first time he said love you so cute all right love you guys See you next week. Ciao. Allah Hafiz.